1160 The Quest welcomes you to Legislation Made Simple. Keeping you informed on political issues, primarily legislative issues in the Georgia General Assembly, but also some national issues that implicate the teachings of the church. Issues that are critical to restoring and protecting a culture that enables families to flourish and the kingdom of God to advance. Legislation Made Simple will also let you know how to get involved, how to get to know your state representatives and senators, and most importantly, how you can affect policy. Your hosts are Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Jane is a retired lawyer, formerly with a D.C.-based organization called American Principles Project. Jane worked at the Georgia legislature and has maintained her connections there, so she's plugged in under the Gold Dome. Now let's begin Legislation Made Simple. Hello and welcome to Legislation Made Simple. My name is Jane Robbins. My co-host is normally Patty DeCraney, but um, on the day we're taping this, Patty's a little under the weather, so uh, we will have her back next week. Today we have a special guest from the Archdiocese, Frank Mulcahy. For many years now, Frank has been the voice of the Archdiocese at the Georgia Legislature, and he has just started the new legislative session in that position. Frank, welcome to our show. Thank you, Jane. It's a pleasure to be here. We will begin with invoking the Holy Spirit and reading Holy Scripture the way we always do. So let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. And today's scripture is Ephesians 5, 6 through 9. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the disobedient. So do not be associated with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for light produces every kind of goodness and righteousness and truth. So, to plunge in here, as Catholics we are called to promote the common good to be a light in the darkness. Our mission with this show is to shed light on the legislature and what's going on down there. Our guest this morning has done this for many years. Thank you, Frank. We are excited to have you with us today. Please tell us a little about your background and what your responsibilities are for the Archdiocese. Well, actually, my responsibilities as Executive Director of the Georgia Catholic Conference is representing the two dioceses in Georgia, the Archdiocese of Atlanta and uh, Archbishop Hartmeyer with soon-to-be three auxiliary bishops and the Diocese of Savannah with its bishop, uh, Bishop Stephen Parks. And I have been doing this work for close to 20 years. So I have seen a lot of changes at the Georgia General Assembly. Uh, By background, I am a lawyer by training. I have been in various legal positions in corporations and in private practice. But right now, I am pretty much focused on the work of the Catholic Conference. Okay, thank you. Now, explain exactly what the Catholic Conference is to people who may not know about that. The Catholic Conference consists of soon-to-be five bishops, the Archbishop of Atlanta and the three auxiliary bishops, and the Bishop of Savannah, They are essentially the board of directors. Mm. They're the ones who adopt the policy, help with the priorities, 
And then it's my job as executive director to take those priorities and put them into a position in legislation. Now, I do check with the bishops whenever there is a question, but uh, once they give the priorities, I pretty much am on my own to bring them to fruition. Okay, that was going to be one of my questions, how you deal with, with them and who is involved in making the decision about priorities, legislative priorities. So it's sort of a joint effort, and then they give you the marching orders, and you go and you, you carry out the mission. It is a joint effort between both dioceses. Now, I don't deal always with the bishops. Uh, I do get information and help and guidance from the staff in Atlanta and the staff in Savannah and try to make sense of what is possible. And then I will go back to them with questions about how things really work and what will really help in such things as education, uh, pro-life, and other issues. Uh, and also deal with the bishops on the high-level policy issues. The legislative session in Georgia is pretty short compared to a lot of legislative sessions in other states. What do you do? I realize that, that the three months that they're in session you don't work three months a year. What, no. what do you do the other time in planning and advocacy and things like that? You're correct. The legislative session in Georgia, according to our Constitution, is 40 legislative days. That leaves a few days for uh, recess or work days. But this year, now for the first time that anyone can remember, they have laid out all 40 legislative days. So we know right now that the legislative session will end at the end of March, March the 28th. So that helps us in planning. The legislative session is really the concentrated time for legislation. Unlike some other states, which have a lot of hearings between legislative sessions, we generally do not have too much. There are usually study committees, which we may get involved in. There is also uh, a real focus on elections in election year. We have elections for the entire General Assembly uh, every two years. So they're always getting ready for an election. The church does not get involved in electoral politics. But we do keep in touch with legislators during that time. Sometimes contacting legislators outside of the session is the best way to do it, especially if we are able to go to their office, their place of business, and sit down with them and talk about our interests. That is uh, extremely helpful. There are also a number of other committee meetings within the church that I attend on legislation with the uh, National Association of State Catholic Conference Directors, which is our national association. And then I also work with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. They take the lead, but Catholic Conference Directors usually will go to Washington periodically and talk to the legislators from our state. It makes more sense for me to talk to Georgia legislators than it would be if I talked to Wyoming legislators. 
people from Wyoming will come and talk on that. But the USCCB is our quarterback on those issues. Okay. All right. Now, are you a Lone Ranger down at the Capitol, or, or do you work with other organizations, non-Catholic groups, organizations? Well, I am the entire staff of the Georgia Catholic Conference, but it is essential that I work with other organizations, both religious and non-religious, or I should say usually non-profit organizations which are interested in our issues. For example, the uh, Baptist Home Mission Board has been a real leader in pro-life legislation, so we will work with them. Uh, and there are other organizations as well. Well, Frank, you've been doing this for so many years and have seen so many legislators and governors come and go that you have a great deal of institutional knowledge. Tell us about a few of the major battles that you've been involved in and some accomplishments that you have been blessed to be a part of. I'd like to think there are several. I think the longest-running battle that we have had has to do with abortion. Since 2002, we have been able to go step by step by step, trying to work around Roe versus Wade and get legislation that would be sufficient to the courts in light of Roe versus Wade. And we have done, uh, I think, a number of things. The Probably the leader is the woman's right to know bill, which requires that women anticipating an abortion have to be given certain information. It was sort of shocking in 2002, 2003, that unlike every other medical procedure, women were never given the information about the, um, the procedure they were about to have and the effect on their unborn child. Since that time, we have uh, supported legislation which makes the killing of a woman who is pregnant two murders. It's the murder of the woman, that's the murder of the unborn child. We have had legislation which has required more and more information be given to, to the public and to women who are contemplating an abortion. Now, all of that sort of reached a crescendo in 2019 when uh, Governor Kemp said he would support a bill which we called the heartbeat bill. It was a bill which prohibited any abortion once a doctor could identify a heartbeat in the unborn child, which is roughly six weeks. This was a highly contentious bill, but it managed to pass, and I dare say, with the support of some people who surprised us a little bit in the way they supported us. The governor, of course, signed the bill, and it was immediately challenged in federal court. Through several hearings, the bill finally reached the uh, 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, where it was held last year uh, because the court knew that the Supreme Court of the United States was considering the Dobbs case, which had a possibility at the time to end 
Roe versus Wade. And in fact, that's what happened in uh, June of last year. The court, the Supreme Court, rendered a decision in the Dobbs case, which essentially reversed Roe versus Wade and said it's up to the states to take some action that they deem appropriate in the area of abortion. You know, last week we talked about post-Dobbs um, environment, the, the environment in, in Georgia and the heartbeat bill, which is currently in effect. So let me go ahead and ask you, do, what, if anything, do you anticipate happening in that area in the legislature this year? Well, for one thing, I don't think there's going to be an expansion of the heartbeat bill. And part of that is because there is a state court case that's pending. It's going to be argued in the Georgia Supreme Court on, I think, the 28th of March, which means there's not going to be anything they will want to do with that bill, with that law, which, as you say, is in effect right now. But there are some other things that we are discussing. At this time in the legislative session, uh, where they are not actively in session, they're in session, but it takes them a while to get ramped up to do something. So there are a lot of ideas floating around, and mainly they are ideas which would help women who are seeking abortions or who are contemplating an abortion. For example, we had a bill last year that related to the medical information that a woman needed to have and the medical care she was required to get in the event she was using a pill, chemical abortion, which is more common today, certainly than five years ago. And maybe the way of choice to people getting an abortion. So we'll probably revisit that. The other thing we, we are looking at, and I think this is very important to the church, is to make sure that the state is supporting women who are pregnant and women who have newborn and toddler babies. Uh, the church, Catholic Church, has a um, program called Walking with Moms in Need, and we are trying to get as many parishes as possible to get involved in that. Because if we don't support the women who are pregnant, then we're going to lose a whole lot in the future. Yes, that's always been one of the attack lines from the abortion industry, that we, we care about babies until they're born, and then we leave people to go off and live their own lives, and, and you know, you're on your own, which has never been true, but it's no. certainly not true now no. uh, with the walking with moms in need. At my parish at St. John Newman, we, we have some women who are very dedicated who are, are helping with that every day. So um, that's something that I, we certainly hope that more parishes will get involved in. Now, could you give me a, a little bit of an idea of what other issues might come up this session that you would be focusing on? Sure. There are a number of issues we would be interested in. One is uh, an education issue. You know, the, uh, the church and a number of organizations have uh, organized uh, student scholarship organizations. The two dioceses in Georgia sponsor Grace Scholars, which is a way that individuals can contribute 
and take a tax credit on their Georgia tax return. These scholarships have been very helpful to a lot of people in Georgia, a lot of our students. Uh, we're looking to expand that every chance we get. There's also more and more discussion of uh, some sort of voucher type program. And that's always been a very difficult issue in Georgia. But there is some feeling right now, given the majorities in both houses and the support of the governor, that there may be some action that we can take on that. Yes, I'm, I'm familiar with the the school choice issue, and it is a very um, difficult issue to address because you have to be careful not only about um, the the effect on the public schools, but on the effect of on the private schools because if you have government money going into private schools, frequently strings get attached to that mm -hmm. as well. And there are ways to structure it so that it can happen and, and minimize the risk to private schools. But I think we may, in fact, do a show on that later on, so we won't get too much involved in that. But yes, I assumed that the church was interested in in the, the kinds of things that, that would improve education in the state and give people more choices. Now, let me ask you this. Maybe this is a little more inside baseball but since you've you've been around mm -hmm. for a long time and so you, you you have a feel for this i think we've just come off an election year and we have new leadership in yes. both the house and the the senate so how do you foresee that that leadership that all the leadership changes might affect the operation of the legislature this year yes uh, you're correct we have uh, a new speaker uh, John Burns. Uh, and I will say John Burns, I've known John for quite a while. John, I think, will try to follow in the footsteps of uh, David Ralston. And I think that will be good. Uh, and we have a new lieutenant governor, Burt Jones, who was elected in this last election. Both of them, I think, are very good legislators. They are both Republicans. They will support largely uh, the issues we are most concerned in education, uh, life, and other issues as well. They've also put in, in many cases, new committee leadership, and the committee chairs are very important. They are the people we often deal with because they control what's being heard in their committee, as well as looking at the legislation and trying to get reasonable legislation, which is our, our aim. As you mentioned earlier, what we look for is legislation that will support the common good. You mentioned earlier that the entire legislature is up for election or re-election every two years. Is there a difference in the feel of the place on an election year session versus an off year session? Yes, there is. In the first year, and that will be this year, uh, 2023, they're a little more relaxed. Uh, and this is a time when many legislators will try some controversial legislation because they know that they're not facing an election in six months. 
usually they will let the session run a little longer. Uh, often it will run into April. This year, as I said, they say they will be finished by the end of March. And there are usually very good reasons for that, such as uh, school spring breaks and things like that. So that will probably happen. In an election year, there is a tendency to keep the election in mind. Both the uh, general election, where usually there will be a Democrat and a Republican running for office, but sometimes more important to a lot of the legislators is the primary election, which is held in May, because people who want to run against existing legislators will try to push, shall we say, more to the right or more to the left, whichever side they are on, and that creates problems for those in office who have to be voting. The other thing to keep in mind is Georgia law prohibits legislators in office from raising money or accepting any money during the legislative session. That doesn't apply to those who are running for election and are not in public office. So there is a three-month uh, three period when legislators in office cannot raise money, which is the lifeblood of their campaign. Uh, and they want to finish early so they can get out on the campaign trail through the month of April and usually partway through May up until the election. They don't have that pressure this year. Not that they aren't raising money this year, but they will be raising money afterwards. Right. It does make a difference. Now, just quickly, I know in the past there's been a particular day that Catholics are encouraged to go to the Capitol and to meet with legislators. Is is that going to be on the schedule this year? And if so, when does that happen? We don't have a date for that. We're still considering that. For the past several years, uh, the legislature has been discouraging days, Catholic Day or any other day, because of COVID. They are loosening up quite a bit this year. Now, last year, although we didn't have Catholic Day, uh, we did have Archbishop Hartmeyer invited to come to the Senate and lead the opening prayer, which he did. And I think uh, it was very well received. And I think he enjoyed doing it, which mm -hmm. is important. So I've, I'm hoping that we can at least have one of our bishops come and do that. The other thing we have that we're trying to get the word out on is a, a day, a rally, which is called Together for Life, which will be on the 8th of February, and it will be in the Capitol. Uh, Archbishop Hartmeyer is going to give the opening prayer, and I would love to have, have the bishop come from Savannah, although that takes him about two days by the time he gets here and gets settled and, and goes back. But Archbishop Hartmeyer is committed to do that, and so we're looking forward to that. And I'll try to get him to go to some of the legislative offices with some of the leadership. I know from having been down there, I, I think that it's it's so effective when you see some gentlemen who are obviously of the clergy down there. I think that makes mm -hmm. it has a big impact just visually, even if you don't actually talk to them, it, it does have a big impact. And we will certainly be promoting the Together for Life event, mm -hmm. which I have read about. Um, and, and speaking of, of people getting involved in coming down, in our first show, which is available on the Quest website for people who missed it, 
we gave an overview of the legislative process and a few tips for how people could keep up with what's going on and how they could get involved. Does the Archdiocese send out information about what's happening at the Capitol, and do you have suggestions for how Catholics can stay on top of things and weigh in on issues that are important to them? The thing we do right now, we do this pretty much all year, is send out a weekly summary of legislation. Now, obviously, outside of the session, it's going to be more congressional legislation. But during the session, there will be more of an emphasis on uh, state legislation. This memo goes in the weekly flyer that goes out to all the parishes, and it is not a secret document by any means. Any pastor uh, or priest can distribute it as far as they want. So that's available. It's also printed on our website, uh, Catholic Conference website. And so um, you may see it on there as the immigration report, but it's broader than that. So okay. everyone is welcome to, to uh, look at that. We will also be sending out alerts. And usually I do that through other offices, such as our Respect Life and right. our other social justice issues. So uh, you're welcome to go on to the Archdiocese website, uh, look for those organizations and sign up for those for those uh, alerts. Okay, that's, that's good information, thank you. I think in, in the last minute that we have, uh, we'll just need to, to wrap up, but we want to thank you so much for joining us today, Frank, because you've been very informative, and thank you for what you do for the church. It's a, such an important position. We urge everyone to um, tune in next week when our topic of discussion will probably be um, the continuing effort to legalize various forms of gambling in Georgia. And so we think this will be an educational half hour. We hope you'll tune in. To wrap up today, let us close in prayer. Eternal Father, we thank you for your unceasing love and faithfulness. We thank you for dedicated servants like Frank Mulcahy, who live every day working for your kingdom. Please bless him and all he works with as they do your work. Give them and all of us discernment, stamina, and courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This has been Legislation Made Simple, keeping you informed on political issues with your hosts, Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Listen again next week at the same time for Legislation Made Simple on AM 1160, The Quest.